documentaries with myself Matt Wills and Rick Wharton. Today we are dissecting the snooze fest framing John DeLorean. It's from the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh good. I thought we were going to have an argument today Matt but it looks like we're Oh on no the same Rick. Page. Oh no. There's a reason I'm not allowed to pick as many as I'd like. Um, it's from the year 2019. Uh, my provider was Sky Documentaries. How did you watch it Rick? Uh, Amazon Prime, four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Oh mate, that is going on the records to the HMRC if we ever have to do a a tax thing. Um, the, uh, well, the director- well, there's a few problems of that that got me worried during <laughs> this, this this actual documentary. In fact, <laughs> um, the director was Don Argot and Sheena M. Joyce. That's when you know when you know a film's bad. Unless it's the Wachowski brothers and two people have directed it, or the Cohen brothers, if they're not brothers, you're in trouble. So, um, and it, listen, I'm not knocking the documentary. I personally loved it. It is just a bit of a snooze fest. Um, the money it made one hundred and forty-five thousand six hundred and twenty-five dollars, which in documentary terms is pennies. That's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. Um, and here's the blurb. It's a combination of documentary and docudrama. Who was the real John DeLorean? To some, he was a renegade visionary who revolutionized the automobile industry. And to others, he was the ultimate con man. So and before we start, at the end of this episode, there will be our first ever guest interview. Um, We've got someone who was in the documentary and who know who knew, sorry, John DeLorean, and we're going to interview him. And I'll mention his name later on. But if if that doesn't come about or if that's shit, we can just cut this bit right out. Um, So, Rick, framing John DeLorean. The reason I picked this was because I was born in the 70s. So for me, the DeLorean was an incredible looking car. Um, I remember being at school and watching the news and hearing about John DeLorean and going, oh, wow. And then when it appeared in Back to the Future, I was like, oh, man, that's that car that that guy who screwed up his life. That was him. And then when I mentioned John DeLorean to you, you said, who's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew the car. I knew the car. I love the car, obviously, because of Back to the Future. Because I can tell you um, exactly where the nearest DeLorean is to mine in almost every house. Because you notice and you remember when you see a DeLorean. There, there is yeah. there is an iconic feel to it. It's just, just by the park where I go and walk, there is a DeLorean that, yeah, just parked up. I mean, you never see it on the road, but you notice a DeLorean. There, well, that's because was... the reason you never see it on the road and driving is because they're shit. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and we will get into that, as you would always say. Um, so what, what did you think of the documentary then? I started with high hopes. <laughs> I, I started with high hopes. The opening scene, he's taking a polygraph, and I'm like, fucking yeah. belter. I saw, that was, I saw it was one hour, 53 minutes. Oh, that hurt more than seeing the 499 come up, if I was honest. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And yeah, it, it, it starts positively. I think you have to be into the subject for this one. Yeah, it's very Because it says, because all they keep on saying is, 
I think this is almost like a, a sizzle reel to make a movie about John DeLorean is what well, this is. And they come to that a lot. A lot of people instantly say they should be making a movie about him. There should be a movie about him. And then they talk about how many people wrote movies about him. Yeah. And there is actually now, uh, recently, it came out about a year ago, there is a movie. Did Baldwin play a part? No. <laughs> <laughs> Because they cover it from his early life. And basically, Alec Baldwin is too young. So Alec Baldwin is in the docudrama about yeah, it. He's, you, he's you keep cutting to, yeah, you keep cutting to bits of John DeLorean's life as acted out by John De, uh, as I, acted out by Alec Baldwin. I will say this. I don't think, because the act-outs are nowhere near as funny as Soaked in Bleach's act-outs. No, not even close. But I will say this. It is by far the best act outs you've seen and it's an all-star cast for it and i think i, wow. I love is alec it? baldwin it's, i love alec baldwin love, him, how can you not oh, love alec baldwin he is brilliant him, him on comedians in cars getting coffee is he's got some of the funniest showbiz stories you've ever heard well not only that right strictly speaking i didn't think when he was on comedians in cars getting coffee that he should qualify for going on to comedians in cars getting i coffee. love the idea of us or Talk yeah. down SNL legend <laughs> yeah, right. Alec Baldwin. You're like, wait a minute, have you done mirth control gigs yet? <laughs> I don't think so. You didn't do your time. You're an actor. Yeah. You're a funny actor, but you're you've not never one slept of us, in yeah. your car, Baldwin. Um, <laughs> oh, but... someone's got a car, have they? Big... <laughs> <laughs> but saying that, there's a reason that he's been on comedians in cars getting coffee twice. He is a very very funny man. On top of that, he is a superb actor. Absolutely top. You can see he's Hollywood A-list in my in my opinion. Would you agree with that? He's Hollywood A-list? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I put him as A-lister. He's like uh, a younger Nicholson type because he always plays himself, really. It's, it's the type where you get Alec Baldwin in to play Alec Baldwin. He's like a successful Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. Let's not argue the merits on, on Cage on this because we have a lot to get through because it goes through fucking everything in the documentary. But again, it dips its toe in everything. It dips its toe. You never have like a whole heap to get on. Well, let's well, let's let's just sum up the documentary. So basically, John DeLorean, very clever man. John Zachary DeLorean. How's that for a great middle name? Uh, very clever man. Goes to work at General Motors. Rises up the ranks. And then leaves. Oh, we'll do it a little bit more chronologically. The, a good way to just set this up is a quote just before, after the opening montage. I, f I think we need to dangle what's coming. I don't want people listening to well, this. this is what He's I'm already about said to do. it's a snooze fest. Look, 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 this is what I'm about to do because you can't tell them what's going to happen. And then they go, and in an hour, we're going to explain that in greater detail. But that's why I think we should skip straight. We should skip an hour. We should hey, do the hey. last 54 minutes is what I'm saying. No, we'll, we'll go. We're all right. We'll follow the pattern. All right, trust me. <laughs> you can point out this when is... things sound like other fucking things, and I'll do the fucking set lister. <laughs> you can tell them when you can say skin in the game. They even say this on the fucking documentary. The they do. Skin they in say the skin in the game. They use a lot of my sayings in this documentary. I, I did backflips on some of it. Right, so John DeLorean, he was either manipulated and discredit discredited by big business or was the greatest con man to come down the pipe. Yes, because basically he worked at General Motors and he 
Right. This is why I relate to John DeLorean, right? Now, to be fair, I didn't marry a supermodel. But John DeLorean, when he when he was at General Motors, he did so well. They said to him, what division of General Motors do you want to manage? Because he had the potential to be the CEO of General, Man of General Motors. And he picked the worst division going. He right. he had the, he literally picked the one he could have the most creative control, which again yeah. is a fantastic move. Oh, absolutely superb! Because the Pontiac does, the Pontiac was mainly marketed to all like old women, is what they yeah. described it as. So absolutely. he then started making uh, alterations and got it through the board of directors like test by saying they were just options packages and give them like souped up engines. Yeah, well, it's it, called a what what he did was he added to the Pontiac. He added what's called a big block. Now, we've got a friend of the show who does all of our mathematics. So, you know, when we're trying to work out how big something is, because me and you haven't got a bloody clue, that guy I go to who does all our maths for us, he's not just clever, he understands cars. And one of the reasons I watched this documentary, he owns a DeLorean, right? And he's one of my best mates. Now, let's call him Carol Vorderman, because he's the Carol Vorderman of the show. I phoned him up and said, look, they're referencing big blocks going into Pontiacs. What's that? Now, he's a genius with cars. He didn't have a clue. He went, yeah, I don't know. I don't know American cars. So yeah. straight away, he's he's lost all credibility. So basically, we need a new Carol Vorderman. If you're good at maths, he's been sacked. So he also doesn't know anything about Irish cars either. Well, it would appear, yeah. <laughs> he, he bought that because of Back to the Future. He loves his honest, DeLorean. I was, I was getting triggered because of all these cars. And as of time of recording, I have failed my driving test five times. Wow under gunpoint as well like i am under a lot of stress to pass this and the last one the first one was the funniest the first one so i get up and it was uh the instructor in london is insistent that i take my test at eight in the morning because then there's just a specific route they take you on every time oh, you're right, funneled okay. in via traffic because so he's playing uh, the advantage yeah and because Again, there's a, there's a lot of fucking moving parts in play. Why I've got this weird test before I'm ready that a guy just thinks I'll pass it eventually. But um, so we're going, and on the first one, uh, you'll you may have had a similar like driving test to me. But the instructors give you nothing personally out of you. They are very standoffish. Oh yeah. Could you do this? Thank you. There's good. There's no reinforcement that you're you know even liked, which is difficult for me. I need to get a laugh. All right. They're like a football ref. Yeah, uh, okay, yep, Rick, I need you to do this, this, that, and the other. And he's very prim and proper. Okay, and uh, I like you to... So we pulled off from the... I did all the questions, pulled off from the ramp at the driving test, turned left at about a couple of first junctions, there's a car in front of us, and he's like, okay, and if we could take a left at the junction, and fucking hang about! <laughs> and apparently I got too close to the other car. And um, <laughs> did he really go? Whoa! Oh, hang no, on, son. Fucking hang about was his thing. So he went from like not even having an accent <laughs> to going, "Yes, I would like you to fucking hang about, mate." Fucking hell! Uh, and this is eight seconds into the test at this point, and I've not been up at eight in the morning for a good three or four years at this point either. So I'm still waking up. Which is still the, the middle problem. of the night. Yeah, and um, so we're there. The car's now stationary, and there's a silence. And I went. Is there any chance we can just count that as the emergency stop? <laughs> Very funny, Rick. And he didn't laugh. He just clicked his pen. 
Which oh, was so that, then bad? There was that a, a bark against so, you? Oh, I, yeah, I imagine so. Yes. So then, obviously, I take a it's left any without thing with these guys without fucking indicating because now I'm flustered. I didn't get a left, so I feel like I'm dying on my ass while I'm <laughs> while I'm failing my test. Not everything is a stand-up comedy gig, Rick. So we're driving along. I calm down. I get the fucking blood pressure right. So we're driving along up to Hook Roundabout. He says, okay, Rick, uh, when you get a chance, when it's safe to do, do so, I'd like you to turn on the Demistus. And I went, What's a Demister? Yeah, Demister, I don't. Oh, the thing that stops the windscreen fogging up. <laughs> I'll have to guess, because I clicked the button and the front windscreen wiper started going, doof, 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 doof. and again, he's not saying that I did the wrong thing, but I can see that I did the wrong thing. You know I mean? And so also, you, you can hear the pen clicks. <laughs> <laughs> And then he waits a second. So this this awkward silence goes, uh, that's not the Demister, Rick. I went, all right. So I pretend like, oh, fair enough, if you say so. So I click another button. The back windscreen wiper starts fucking cannon. Did your driving instructor not teach you any of this? The examiner turns around and he goes, um, uh, that's still not the Demister. And I looked at him and went, oh, mate, you'll just have to take your coat off. <laughs> <laughs> Click, click with a pen. Oh, I knew I'd feel by that fucking point, yeah. yeah. That, was, that one was like four majors, 14 minors. So was that one. Second one ran a, ran a zebra crossing. Uh, one major, I would have passed that one otherwise. You went over a zebra crossing? What, as people were on it? As waiting. They were waiting to go. Um, oh, well, the rule the is they've got to have a foot on it. I thought that was the rule. No, if they're there, if they're stood at the end, you have to slow down and give them a chance, um, which I did not. Well, I passed my test 32 years ago, so I'm guessing it's changed a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Last one was the worst. Eight in the morning, I'm about ready. I've done this route like a thousand times at this point. I've done this route so many times. And the lady could have turned out. Turned, and at the fucking first juncture goes, if you can turn right, I think this road works. I went, you're fucking kidding us. <laughs> <laughs> Almost ran into a fucking shop. And then she took us on a school route and it was carnage. It was absolute carnage. I was not ready. Driving in London's a nightmare. But anyway, there's me little. This there is what go. triggered me about all the cars because it's going to be a while before I'm behind the wheel of one without supervision. And it's not. The funny thing is, the DeLorean car would probably be the safest for you because, uh, as far as I can tell, they rarely work. To be honest, I would love a DeLorean. I would love a DeLorean. Lovely looking car. So he kicked ass with the Pontiacs. He brought out the Pontiac Firebird. I thought the te- I thought the adverts were funny because it's old old school adverts. So you see people driving a sports car and they lift the hood up and there's not an engine. There's a tiger. Yeah, yeah. And again, I just said the beginning during the test you have to do show me tell me. So you have to like open up the bonnet and show them where the cooler is. And I just thought it'd be really funny for opening it. It's like oh, it's just to the left of the tiger there, pal. <laughs> you, you stick the dipstick in there. It's just between the two markers. But yeah, that's where it needs to be filled to. Well, the thing is about the Pontiac he made, to give you an idea of how successful this is, it's the future Fast and the Furious car. It's the GTO. Yeah, the right? Gran, Tur- Gran Turismo rang a bell from Company. Yeah, yeah. So it's Vin Diesel's car in the Fast and the Furious. So to, to wow. say he made an iconic vehicle from an old lady's car is the understatement. Because it pro- it's the ultimate car that you want from a muscle car viewpoint. And a big block engine, uh, I did find out what it meant, but I didn't write it down. It's something about it's a, it's got a seven. It's got it's more than a seven or something. That's, right. I know nothing about cars. My dad was in the car game, right? 
So I find cars, and he was a photographer. I find cars and photography the most boring things in the world, and I won't, I won't pay attention to either of them. I can relate. Just I because of drive. my dad. Yeah, I, I, I can't drive a bus either. I, I can relate. Uh, well, <laughs> but, but that Fast and the Furious car—that's the scene I checked out. I, I've, I've watched up until that of a bunch of mates who like those kind of movies, and that there was the scene when Vin Diesel showing someone that car. He's like, "You ever drove it?" No, man. Scares the hell out of me. <laughs> but I'm, fuck off. <laughs> fuck right off. I'm out. I'm out. All right. Come back when you're watching fucking Football Factory or something like that. But, yeah. The reason why Don- John DeLorean was so successful at General Motors is because he understood the power of the youth movement. And back then, unlike the youth now, they had a disposable income. They could get jobs. They were living at home with their parents. They could afford to buy a car. A car wasn't an expensive thing in America at the time. And that's why he's a risk taker, right? He took all the risks. He got it done. Right. Well, he pissed <laughs> off people at yeah, he pissed off people at General Motors. That's all yeah, he, he did. He also got um plastic surgery to have a stronger jawline, which made Yeah. Well, there's a great quote about that, right? Because he's he has got a jawline, like you wouldn't believe. He's, he's like got a Beavis and Butthead style jawline. Where's the jawline? And they use uh, in Family Guy. They use it to take Joe Swanson's. And, Is it uh, Joseph? Yeah, Joe Swanson's got a big one. Quagmire's got the square jaw. Yeah, he's got like a. He has got a Quagmire uh, jawline. But he said this: "I have a healthy sex drive. No man who's ever accomplished anything hasn't had this one thing." Really, John? <laughs> Times have changed, my friend. Times have certainly changed. Oh, how the 60s and the 70s treated you well, DeLorean. And he, he's dating supermodels. He's getting pissed with them. He marries the world's top supermodel. He's a, he's, from the 70s viewpoint, he is a man's man. Oh, yeah. He's earning big money. You know, he's, he's top of the world. I don't think the Me Too movement would have been great to wall John DeLorean if he was still kicking. I tell you oh, that. Oh, God, whenever, no. Whenever you talk about you have to want to fuck young chicks if you want to be successful, <laughs> that kind <laughs> of attitude is, is, does not fly in 2020, John. Like, that is receptionists coming forward with their beehives. Well, thanks to him, they recorded a $30 billion uh, turnover. And that was when $30 billion was a lot of money. Oh Jesus, man! We're gonna cut some of these out. We are gonna cut. I can't. I can't. I'm gonna do keep this doing it until I break you. I just want to break you. Consider um, me broken, Matt. <laughs> Consider yeah. me broken. Yes. Right. Okay. I start. I'll start finding some more. And basically, Delorean, he leaks a speech to the press of him slagging down General Motors management. So they sack him, and that's the way yeah. he gets out of General Motors. Well, because that's not what he thinks, though. Because there's a lot of sniping in the boardroom, and I think the boardroom's too dull for him. I think that's one of his... He's a big adrenaline junkie that wants to be doing big picture stuff. So him pushing papers and then in 10 years, maybe he's becoming the the overall owner or the chairman or whatever of the whole thing. Yeah, chairman of the board. Isn't worth him waiting along because he wants to do things his way. He's also noticing trends. Like he's seeing the smaller, better cars coming from Europe he wants to get in on. Yeah. And all those guys. He's a very smart guy. He's got his kind of finger on the pulse. Um, so he, he comes out, and I think this next guy that we meet um, is the making of him. It's the engineer, Bill Collins. Bill Collins, the engineer, and he's the one. He kind of porches him. 
and they have a reenactment of him and his wife poaching Bill from Pontiac. Yeah. And the wife they get to play the supermodels, the girlfriend from Deadpool. Uh, no, whoa, whoa. Monica, Monica back is it Baccarin? I'm not sure, Harry. Marina Baccarin. She looks like Terry Hatcher, but she's not just the girlfriend from Deadpool. She Gotham. is also, she's in Gotham, and she is out of Firefly, if you've ever watched Firefly. She plays the companion. And she's out of, uh, what's the other thing? She was, Homeland. She was in the, she's the wife out of Homeland. Wow. Oh, mate, she's a proper. I didn't and she even looks click like, to Homeland. Oh, okay. All right. Um, anyway, so yeah, Monica Baccarin or Marina Baccarin plays his wife alongside Alec Baldwin. And Alec Baldwin, you see him getting made up to become John DeLorean. And there was only about four, there's only about four bits where you see Alec Baldwin. But the weird thing about John DeLorean, he's got uh, proper grey hair, yet he's got really black eyebrows. Did you ever see Newsroom? I loved Newsroom. Yeah, the, uh, uh, Aaron owner of Sorkin. the paper, the owner of the paper, the lovely British guy. He's in. Um, he's in the Gear sitcom. Willing, Fra- not willing. Frankie, Frankie and, Grace. and Frankie and Grace. Yeah, he's, he's not he the owner, is he? Like he's him. the because uh, the owner's Jane Fonda. He's the chairman of the board for the Newsroom. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he's lovely. He's great. I love him and everything. It's oh, just, has he got white hair and black eyebrows? As he's well? got the blackest eyebrows and white hair I've ever seen. Yeah. I think if you grew out your hair, that's. I think you'd have that. The problem is how I'd look. I'd look like Last Action Hero, not like him. They have like cool hair that survived, whereas I would yeah. have that long, bald, and scraggly hair where I should have <laughs> given up. <laughs> you'd be like Poe from the Nicolas Cage film. Connor. Connor. Thank you. So he gets the sack. Bill Collins. Uh, this here's a great quote about Bill Collins. It's from his secretary. Bill Collins is one of the world's finest men. How would you like someone to say that about you? What? One of the world's finest men. I've got a comparison that I don't know you'd get because I don't know if you've seen... you ever seen The Damned United? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So do you know the assistant manager that doesn't go with Brian Clough to Leeds? Taylor. Timothy Spall plays him, but Taylor, the assistant manager, I yeah, consider yeah. I consider um, Collins to be the assistant manager. There's a there's a there's an argument between Clough and Collins where he goes, "You may be the window dressing up front, but I'm the goods in the back." Yeah, well, here's yeah. what I wrote. Right, Jim Collins was to John DeLorean what I am to Rick. So I get this podcast out to market. I do the editing and stuff. And Rick, Rick does the funny. Or if you don't understand the technical side of it, um, sorry, Rick is the Brian Clough and I'm the Peter Taylor. And that was Bill Collins. That's exactly the reference I wrote. I'll tell you this right now. If one of us gets hoodie potted into being a room full of suitcase of cocaine, Matt, it's going to be you, not me. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah, I'd take that deal, man. I'd, I'd... My dad always said, never nick from the shop, right? Don't go and nick a 30 pence bar of chocolate. If you're going to steal, make it worthwhile. So I had a chance once to steal. Um, it was £385,000 in cash. And it was off. It was twice. I was there, and I could have stolen it and got probably got away with it, right? But I worked out three hundred eight. I'd probably be looking at five to ten years in prison, and in prison I'd be currency, and 
yeah, 385 grand, which at the time was genuinely a lot of money. Uh, it just wasn't worth it. It just wasn't worth it. I should have... I'd like to get into that. But now there are many times <laughs> when I'm like, just a I would have bit. liked to... Matt, again, again, on times when we sit and have brainstorming sessions for Edinburgh shows for you and you're talking about this fucking dumb <laughs> shit about your cat and you have these things where you could have stole over a quarter of a million pounds, it would be nice to know. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm fucking saying, Matt. But I don't think about <laughs> stuff like that until it just it pops... Because it's so addled with the drugs. The, uh, the stories only pop up now and again. I was almost on the Space Sib Challenger, but uh, I decided to talk about West Ham instead. <laughs> um, so, basically, DeLorean has Bill Collins, and Bill Collins, with you know a couple of other people who are apparently very well known in the car industry, they design the DeLorean. He sets up his own company, and it's it's going well. The, the setup of the company is interesting. So they basically shop it around for uh, who's going to give them the biggest breaks and the best deal to put their factory there. Like all my mates currently work at the Nissan factory back up home. Like about eight people that I know. Like I've got people that work on the test drives. I've got one of my good mates fixes the robots. and Up in, uh, in, in Sunderland, right? Yeah, yeah. So like uh, the the... Sunderland Northeast, uh, and I think there's one in Gates as well. The Nissan factories are like 80% yeah. of employment in an area. So the difference economically, these things can have and happen uh, in an area, which is mental that they voted leave in, in Brexit because they they really need Nissan yeah, to Nissan's survive. Japanese, otherwise, they're no, fucked. It's not affecting so, Europe. <laughs> yeah, it's, to, oh, it's all about. It's all about import-export fees and whether or not the tariffs are cheap enough to continue to sell mm. cars within this country while manufacturing. So whether or not they'll just, you know, go to another country yeah. because it's too Which expensive they may, now. They, they might well to do. Because to build a factory and yeah. get a workforce yeah, absolutely. reasonably so, straightforward. And they got all kinds from the Labour government. They give them all these breaks to get them in and they chose well, Belfast. Yeah, they chose Belfast. Now, when I was growing up, on the news every night, we would be given two war stories. One of them was the Lebanon and the other one was Northern Ireland and Belfast specifically. And it was horrific, man. It was just, you were, I never want to go to Northern Ireland and I never want to go to Beirut. That's all I know. My, my girlfriend was born there during it. In There's Beirut? Like pictures of her mother. No, no, Northern Ireland. Oh, right. So not even a tan. <laughs> so... Doesn't even like baklava. <laughs> pictures of the mother-in-law like checking for bombs under the car while she's heavily pregnant and stuff like that yeah it was a terror it, genuinely it was a terrifying and it time. shows you f- footage of the troubles and whenever you see the footage and they talk about the catholics and the protestants and whenever i see these guys in balaclavas chucking molotov cocktails i think they look really religious <laughs> <laughs> well it was just blokes wanting to be blokes right just yeah it was terrible absolutely I, terrible. I just think they needed two decent football teams that's all, all you right. reckon that Put, would have fixed them in the problem prim. they they've adopted rangers and celtic but again that's not good enough you need it in there and that would have been what the energy was focused on you didn't study politics, not, did not you? Not to mention, <laughs> I, I, I did not know. I, I know nothing of it because I imagine the reason why I know nothing of it, I went to a British school and obviously England and were in some respects the bad guys. So Are we, the we bad don't hear guys? a whole lot about it. Yeah. So, so they show you, uh, so this is almost like a social experiment as well. So they get all these much. deals, but this is the first place that hired both Catholics and presidents to work there during the Troubles. And no one, and gave, a, a, dream. And no one gave a toss because 
Yeah. They had jobs. And therefore, if they yeah. have jobs, right, they're paying tax. And also, they're buying from the local shops. So that supports another knock-on industry, right, of local shops selling food, etc. It one It's all symbiotic. It all feeds each other. And the Labour government yeah. were just invested millions upon millions upon millions into DeLorean to set up there. And he did. And all these Belfast lads, they, um, they all got jobs. And they built these cars. Yeah. Sadly... They weren't very good. Well, he, the problem was is um, instantly he cut a deal with Lotus. Bill Chapman is the, Colin, that one? Colin Chapman. Yeah. Col- Colin Chapman. So it's Bill Collins and Colin Chapman. That's where I was getting mistaken. So the guy from Lotus who dominated the F1 scene, they cut a deal which, unfort- like from the looks of it, absolutely fucks over Collins, Bill Collins. So he's cut out of the deal. But it wasn't that it fucked him over. Basically, the deal was rotten. And there was a whole scheme behind it that yeah. comes back up later. And, and Bill but, Collins well, said, Oi, something's wrong here. And DeLorean went, Yeah, I don't need you anymore. And he went, What? I'm just, hang on a second. Yeah, you're out, Bill Collins. Well, no, they, he tried to pacify him, going, Look, you're fine. This won't affect you. He goes, Look, I've looked. There's this other company, PDF or whatever it's yeah. called, or PDG, that makes it look like you're paying for the same thing twice. Yeah. So all this money from investors, which came to about sixteen million pounds, we find out much later on, yeah. is uh, basically a tax shelter where they're keeping the investors' money. So they they'd raise sixteen million, which becomes very important later on. Yeah. That was between him and, and DeLorean and Colin Chapman. Yeah. So this this dude from Lotus, I'm not sure what he contributed for it to actually be able to go ahead. But I think this is the downfall of John DeLorean. There's one gamble too much is what he entered with yeah, Chapman. Basically. Um, so they, they get the cars. They, it's a, a massive task. No one's even had a car factory in that town before. No. They get them. They whack those on a boat and take them to America to start selling. Yeah. Now, the problem is, is the functionality. They had all sorts of problems with the cars. The doors wouldn't open sometimes. Yeah. You know, the windscreen wipers would go automatically. If you went over 88 miles an hour, you'd end up in 1964. <laughs> there was all kinds of problems with the car. It's any little thing with a car these days, isn't it? You just, uh, yeah, you just can't trust a car. And at this point in the documentary, we meet, discussing documentaries, possibly first ever guests who hopefully is going to be on at the end of the show. So it's this point in the documentary, we meet the director of purchasing for DeLorean, and his name was Barry Wills. Yes, it's the first time we've seen a Wills in any of the documentaries we've seen. And this is the reason I like Barry, because it's a talking head bit, and he's looking off camera, and he just said, and everything at DeLorean in Belfast was great until October 1981. And then he looked into the camera and he gives this wry look of, yeah, then it all went. Well, that's that's when there was a, a shortage of flux capacitors. <laughs> so, so now he's fucked. 1.21 gigawatts. So basically, the company collapsed because of a, a variety of, uh, basically, there was a new government in Great Britain. And that was headed up by a lady some of you may have known called Margaret Thatcher. She was a conservative. Oh, every time. And every time you see Thatcher, I never see positivity. I've got a few Tory mates who tried to explain she did a good thing to me, but I I remember mine's being shut down. I remember yeah. 
there's, there's just a ruthless Tory government, which, you know, it, it, it rings a bit true for today from the looks of it. Very much. Well, you know, one of the worst effects of the, the Thatcher regime, don't you, and the, and the coal miners' strike, was it stopped the production of a Cadbury's chocolate bar called the Texan, which was my favourite chocolate bar. They've never made it since. They closed down the factory because of the pickets, because they couldn't get through to the factory because it was near the mine. People would argue the death of lives and things due to the mines being closed down and the bankruptcy of Britain might be the biggest problem, but the Texan bar must surely be missed. Well, <laughs> clearly, Rick, they've never eaten a Texan bar because if they did, they'd understand the importance <laughs> and the significance within history of where the Texan bar sat because effectively it became the double-decker in some form or another. But a double-decker is not a Texan bar. They're just not even similar. It's disgraceful. We also meet... We also meet John DeLorean's son. What do you make of the son? Because this man swears more. And I think he's the angriest person we've seen interviewed. Do you know what? I, I grew up in, the, uh, in East London and my dad didn't have many mates, but the odd mate he had would speak exactly like that, but in, a, in an East London Cockney accent. As in every third word would be fuck or fucking. And it's just, it's so weird. It's just, and to hear it on an American, because I don't think, I think Americans swear reasonably well, but you rarely get an American who swears like his son did. That kid has got what we'd call where I come from, a lot of fucking issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is like, it's it's one of those things where if a comedian did that, you'd be like, look, you need to save it for emphasis, not commas. This is the problem I have. I swear a lot. So I, it, yeah. instead of just pausing to think of what I'm going to say next, I'll, I'll just say fuck. And then that's it thinking time second to say what to say next yeah so basically Thatcher comes into power just to double back a second and she turns around to DeLorean Motor Company and says you ain't getting any more cash there's a recession on and John DeLorean goes ah shit man because they ain't got no money because he doubled down yeah well the cars are shit they're not selling the right. gamble he made is what they said. They should have slowed production down and yeah. worked out the kinks. Yes. And so, but what he did is he doubled production. So it was more work, yeah. more staff and assumed the government would again, continue to subsidize to keep the economy going for that. Whereas the Tories are like, oh, you're not independently wealthy. How bad for you? Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, you can't stand on your own. Well, then you're not a successful business. We only want successful business. Goodbye. Um, when Zach DeLorean came along, he said this, one phone call and my life changed because basically they they went belly up. Simple as to be that. Honest, of all the lookalikes we've had for me, I mean, I was a, as a younger age, I may have looked a bit like Billy Mitchell, but if you take a look at me in this hat and this beard right now, I look a lot like Zach fucking DeLorean <laughs> sitting alongside you. I've got that written down in my notes, Rick. <laughs> And basically, yeah, his dad is his dad's screwed, right? So his dad needs some money. And it's at that point the FBI rock up. Well, so what he does is he's he's a magician investor. We've heard this from Fire Festival, we've heard guys. So what they're selling is the dream of yeah. John DeLorean, the, the miracle worker. So he's trying everything so he can f- save this business. And he's got a next-door neighbor who used to be a crook, and he just talks about how he needs money fast to him. Now, this next-door neighbor that used to be a crook turns out he's now a CI informer. So um, he's, What's he's CI a, he's mean? A stool. Uh, Central intelligence. I don't know. Cop informer? Uh, 
Not sure. That's right, a good, okay. good question. But he's 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 a. I don't want to say a rat because that sounds like a mafioso. But I don't know. No, what but he's a grass. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he's a snitch. And he's a middleman between the FBI yeah. and setting up stings on people. Yeah, so he goes to him. So he instantly picks up the phone. So at this point, DeLorean's done nothing illegal that we're aware about. He picks up the phone and goes, you never guess who's just called me. Fucking John DeLorean wants to get some cash. So they all start setting up this sting operation. Yeah. So they get him in and they tell him for 1.8 million, we can turn that into 30 million with cocaine. And that will bail and out the DeLorean Motor Company. That will fi- that will save all of those jobs in Belfast. That means they can pay back the British government and tell Thatcher to fuck off. That will fix everything. The problem is he ain't got 1.8 million. He's not got money to put down. So then they have to then pivot their sting operation. So again, they're, they're doing everything to catch a guy who's not actually a criminal yet. Yeah. So they then pivot their sting operation to use a, like a legitimate bank, get an actor in there, and then they then set him up to do it via stocks and shares. So he's not even putting money down for the cocaine. Yeah. Basically, they're asking, and and then they merge it with a different sting operation with a guy with a helicopter who's a smuggler who's an actual crook. Well, actually, the money he does put down. This is the this is the genius of John Zachary Delorean. He says, I haven't got 1.8 million. I'll tell you what I do, though. I'll give you shares in the firm. And they went, really? And he went, yeah, I'll give you shares. And he gives them shares in a firm Not even in that DeLorean. doesn't even exist. <laughs> yeah, he gives them shares in a fake firm. Which <laughs> That is a ballsy move, right? To fuck around with cocaine dealers. Colombian coke dealers yeah. around the time of fucking what's Pablo Escobar. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, fucking yeah. around with Escobar's people. He's going to end up fucking swinging from a helicopter if he's not careful. He's lucky that was FBI setting him up. Yes, but because John DeLorean's um, belief in John DeLorean is incredible. Like, yeah, for instance, if he was if he was a comedian, he wouldn't have a problem with self-confidence, right? He'd be on stage. You'd see as he walked on stage, you'd see these huge testicles first and the chin because he's got these huge balls, obviously, because he's that fucking confident. But here's the thing is, um, is actually it's also political in America because Reagan's Reagan's just got in charge. Yep. And he's now announced the war on drugs. So now the FBI have a complete hard on to catch this celebrity yeah. to put as the face of this war on drugs. So yes. now they're doing they they've just got addicted to the idea of having John DeLorean as the face of who they can capture on the war on yeah. drugs. So and and he, they they're setting them up, setting them up, and there's nothing logistically illegal he's done yet. No. So all they do is they get him into a room, they say, Look, come to LA, we have the ten million for you. And they get him into a room and then they just literally show him the cocaine. They get him to pick up a bag of cocaine and then he just pulls his wallet and goes, Hey John, I'm with the FBI, you're under arrest. So But the re- the reason they just before that he says this great quote, he looks at the cocaine and he says, My God, it's better than gold which is true from a you know, a pound for pound ratio at the time. Yeah, cocaine's where it's at, man. That's a lot of money. Um, so basically, the drug bust uh, and the FBI did exactly what the American FBI would always do. They got it all out over the news, right? Oh, we've nicked John DeLorean. And they showed the footage of him chucking around this bag of cocaine saying it's like gold and stuff yeah. like that. There's... And uh, basically, the Northern Ireland factory, they they shut it down. It was terrible. And they interviewed they were some livid of the on the news. Yeah. yeah, they were fucking livid on the news. They were about to go. Yeah, it was. Uh, 
yeah, it was just it was just incredibly sad because it he was so close to making it happen. If if it wasn't for the pesky FBI, he could have got away with it. I did like his neighbour. They reenact the neighbour on the phone, and the neighbour on the phone goes, he's talking to the FBI, and he does the mafia thing. He says, "Hand to God." <laughs> Hand to God, DeLorean, he's going to go for this deal. Really? Oh, okay. He did something that I thought was the weirdest choice because the reenactments, and they get good actors. I've seen that guy in stuff as well. There. Oh, Bill okay. Chapman, I've seen it in stuff as well. So they've all done like major syndicated shows. And um, the, the guy playing the uh, informer is making a sandwich. And then he gets the sandwich. Instead of cutting it in half, he rips it in half in his hand. <laughs> which I've never... I've never seen it. And to me, that was the most fascinating thing of this documentary. Goes, how did he? What? It, it's, it's like it's like a fucking tuna sandwich. It's like liquidy. Do you know what I mean? Why would you ever risk ripping it? Because it's all going to go on the floor. That's that's incredible. I'm going to attempt that. <laughs> um, and then you cut to part of the docudrama. So then you see uh, Monica Baccarin and Alec Baldwin playing John DeLorean and his missus. And basically, she says, you've got to speak to your children. You've got to speak to your children. Now, Zachary, the kid who always swears, he's adopted. So he's already like, fucking hell, what are they going to send me back to the home? So he's worried, right? Because he, he thinks his dad's going to go to prison. And his dad looks at him and says, listen, your dad's a winner. I need you rooting for your dad. Strictly speaking, you're not, mate. You've bankrupted a company that's got your name on it and you've been arrested trying to get your hands on a lot of cocaine to to quickly flip some money out. So I, I wouldn't say you're a winner as such. Here's what I was hoping, and this is what it would have took for this documentary to get a five. Do you know the footage of the sting when he's holding the cocaine? Yeah. If a DeLorean came through the fucking wall and then John DeLorean pokes his own head out and says to John DeLorean, don't do it, John! <laughs> <laughs> It's a sting. Get in. <laughs> okay. That is the last Back to the Future reference you get to do. We're limited to three per- for this show. We do average about three decent laughs a show. That's, that's about right. on point for us. <laughs> so basically, he goes to court and he's found not guilty on all eight counts. This is where he must have started finding God. Because the minute he's found not guilty, he says, praise the Lord. I mean, he yeah, was kind of and- guilty, though. But he got off because they said they hunted Police entrapment. And entrapment. Without yeah. a doubt, entrapment. There's a documentary uh, confession tips where what they did is because we, we've skimmed over the, the stings because the sting changes six different times to get them to do anything yes. illegal. Yeah, yeah. Like you were, they were close to taking him to the post office and sticking a pen in his pocket. Like that's, that's all the levels they went to to get him or anything. Yeah. But, um, uh, on this confession tapes one, the guy, the mafioso guy, the one who shows him the suitcase of cocaine, yeah, he's that 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 is called uh, Mr. Big, and I've seen them use the Mr. Big entrapment with uh, two teenagers that were accused of murder, right? And they threaten the Mr. Big mafia character says, "I'll kill you if you don't admit you killed your parents," and then so he goes, "Yeah, I did it," and then they come and go um, with the FBI, you're under arrest, <laughs> and they, they do that shit all the time. So there's been laws. Like, the FBI stings were kind of a new thing to catch people, and then laws had to catch up with them of what they can and can't do. So he got very lucky, and he had four lawyers. He had money tucked away for the court case. He did have, But well, the court case was so 
well publicized, and this made me laugh. There was a guy selling buttons at the trial of going, John DeLorean cocaine court case 1984. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, that is everything it says on the tin. It's like whoever does the marketing for this podcast discussing documentaries. <laughs> Now, this happened in the 80s. So it was about 1984. And you genuinely think that police stings and the entrapment sort of stuff is all over. But it isn't. Because, do you know, um, do you know Chris Morris? Do you know Chris Morris? He did the day-to-day Brass Eye. Oh, Brass Eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Well, he's... Not, not personally, in case we think we're big dogs oh, okay. on the podcast, but I've, I've loved the Brass Eye. Well, okay, well... He's recently released a film and it's called The Day She'll Come. And it's basically, it's all about the FBI setting up uh, a couple of activists who are just not very clever. But yeah, they all get set up. And then at the end, it says, yeah, this is all based on a true story. And it happened recently in America. It's shocking what the FBI yeah, can get away with. Doing it. Yeah, yeah. Bunch of stuff's happened in Portland recently along those levels as Ooh, well. Go Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be a few documentaries coming out of Portland. <laughs> oh, go Mavericks again. Um, so basically, he gets off and you then start cutting to a bit more about his, so his son, and it, it's his real son and his daughter, they start doing talking head things, don't they? And talking about yeah. their dad. And they both said the same thing. My best friend in the world was my dad. Apparently, hell of a dad. Yeah. And the the second he's found not guilty, a week later, his wife divorces him. Yeah, the wife divorces him. Her career is, as the top supermodel is going downhill, so she's trying to re- re- resurrect yeah. that. Uh, and then we find uh, forensic accountants are looking at John. The 16 million. Yeah, yeah. And the minute they trace anything back to Switzerland, you're like, well, he's doing something fucking dodgy. You don't send money to Switzerland when everything's on the up and up. Yeah. Can I? Can we put this in the vault with all the Nazi gold, please? Like, <laughs> and it's everything that Jill, Bill Collins warned him about. Is um, yeah, basically Lotus cars, Colin Chapman and John DeLorean. It looked really dodgy, but sadly, Colin Chapman sadly died very suddenly, so nothing could be stuck to him, and he couldn't be asked about it. And that money yeah. effectively disappeared. Well, no, that went to John. Like, um, but a, so it went somewhere. The killer Someone of it. had it. John DeLorean was living in a, a one-bedroom flat, so it, it possibly didn't go to him. That's not a bad shout, that. But it, it, on timescales, it could have went on other stuff. Like, you still had, you know, the, the farms, the stuff, and then he just ran out of costs and debt-mounted up or whatever. But the interesting thing is, like, he that money was investor money, but he just used the subsidy money from the British government to set up the factory. So that $16 million was left, and they devised a way that they can funnel it through accounts, and uh, those two would keep $8 million each or something, as the way it's yeah, understood. Yeah. But if it was, if he just kept that investor money, he wouldn't have needed to go to the fucking cocaine guys. Yeah. But the, the money was already part yeah, he'd already, of a paper he'd, trail. He'd laundered it. He'd already laundered it. Yeah, yeah. And as I said in the documentary, if they held on two more years, Back to the Future came out, and then you cannot buy that level of publicity. Yeah. I also thought at the court case, he was when he was driving away from being innocent, he should have been in a DeLorean. Would have looked bad if the doors didn't open. <laughs> if he's just there, <laughs> he's doing that. You know, old school, you have to knee the car door a certain way for it to open, like banging on the fucking jukebox to make it work like Fonzie's. Like, thank you very much. I believe in the American justice system. Just. <laughs> 
I like the way they uh, they squeezed in the little quotes from the writer of Back to the Future because initially the time machine was going to be a fridge. Couldn't believe that. Yeah, and then they went... Different movie. Why don't we make it a car? And they went, oh, that's a good idea. Let's make it a DeLorean. And, and the bloke said, I didn't come up with the idea, but I know a brilliant idea when I hear one. How shit would Back to the Future be if it was a fucking fridge? Yeah. How do you get a fridge to go 88 miles an hour down a clock town yeah, square? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And Back to the Future, to this day, that holds its own, right? That still stands up. It's almost like they went into the future to work out what would still be popular 30 years later and come back and went, yeah, write it like this. It's going to be great. You can't work film. in a bookies without talking about Biff from Back to the Future 2. You can't. What he does in because it of the uh, Because of the almanac. And unfortunately, this is why uh, time travel never gets invented. Because? Because Leicester won the league at 5,000 to 1, and that is where everyone would go back to. Would they? 5,000 to 1 is the greatest odds of all time to come, a, come in as a winner. So if time travel's ever invented and they were to do the Biff theory of going back in time and making yourself rich via gambling, the one they would bet on would be Leicester winning Leicester, the title. 5,000 5, to 1. So unless you have a bunch of people all of a sudden having that ticket, time travel does not get invented. Okay. <laughs> I think we've got different views on why time travel isn't invented. What's your view on it there, Matt? Instead of making me seem like a dick, come well, on, let's let's hear it. I, I'm in with... Um, I'm in with, uh, what is his name? Who is the dude who played the new Batman? Ben Affleck. I'm with Ben Affleck on Paycheck. Where the fact the second, oh, the second we see what happens in the future, it changes what we do. And eventually it ends up in uh, complete annihilation of the human race. Oh, butterfly effect. Yeah. But effectively, yeah. Oh, and that, that's why I think it doesn't exist. And also I think, I think um, Candy Crush has got a lot to do with time travel not being invented because a lot of people are paying that rather than studying physics. There was a great theory because there's a picture of a Tyson fight in 1992. Right. And there's someone in perfect shot holding up an iPhone 7 filming it. Oh, shush. That went went viral. (laughs) Shush. Have you heard of Photoshop? No, no, no. In 1992, there was a digital camera that looked just like what the iPhone does when you do it. So that's what it was. But the picture of it's great. Because really? it looked bang on in an old school life. This is my cynical I'm not saying face. it's real. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying it happened. I'm telling you what it actually was. You're just looking at me like going, yeah, you went back in time to watch a fucking Tyson fight. I'm just saying that would have been interesting because if, you know, dystopian future, we can do anything we want. Things like going to see Mike Tyson and his hair day would be what the package would be from the travel travel company. Do you know what I mean? Go yeah, back and watch maybe. Tyson, yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But yes, obviously, I don't think it fucking was. I was about to explain that with the oh, digital yeah. camera. Was like, <laughs> I'm already downgrading you in my head, going, what the fuck have I partnered up with here? Oh, my God, the yeah, guy believes it's weird, in this. because when I was 13, there was a bald guy of a beard kept coming up to me with a cigarette <laughs> hanging out his mouth, grabbing me, saying, you have to work harder. It doesn't work out. <laughs> Stay away from the little guy. That's what you've got to do. Um, and it's, listen, right, so back to the documentary because we're going we're gonna to wrap this up, surely. It turns out John DeLorean is not a very nice man. What a surprise that an American CEO is not a good guy. What a bloody surprise, because all the rest of them are really, really nice. Alec Baldwin... Interesting turn of point. He, he phoned Alec Baldwin yes, and asked him right. to play him in the movie. Yeah. That's great, isn't it? Which I thought was a it? nice touch. Who, yeah. would play, who would play you in the film? 
So if they made the film of the Discussing Documentaries podcast, who's going to play you? Nick Miller from New Girl. Don't know Nick Miller. You seen the new Jurassic Parks? Yep. He's the guy who's in the. He's wearing the original Jurassic Park T-shirt. Who gets uh, told off? Right for wearing that. Okay. Him and New Girl is as close to my personality in a sitcom. I've been told that you could ever get. Oh, okay. All right. I reckon for me. Or if you want to look alike, and this is depressing. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Sleepers? Yes. The guy who the kids steal the hot dog stand off. Right, yes. If you want to bang on, <laughs> it's not going well for Rick Wharton in his mid-30s. That's, that's You're who have you get the hot to play. Dog stand. The bald guy of the sideburns. I think for me, just to get it right from the sort of looks and the build, I'm going to have to go with The Rock. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's who I think I'd like to play me. I just... <laughs> yeah, The Rock. There you go. That'd do All me. Right. I'd be very happy with that. Um, would you? Would Dwayne Johnson play you? Shit, yeah, wouldn't you? I mean, because look, the guy can act. He's got arms like you wouldn't believe. Um, his arms are probably the size of my can chest. Can you imagine the script of just like, it's weird that everyone's just picking on him for being small, this six foot five <laughs> loaded up Greek god. Why is everyone making jokes like he should be in a chocolate factory? This is... I don't understand it. Women leaving The Rock because he's small is not some guy expecting a movie. But the weird um, thing is, in my head, I see myself as a cross between sort of George Clooney and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Wow. Yeah, that's how I say I don't see myself as this little guy with the high-pitched you know voice and, and the here's, cut here's, nose. Here's a compliment I'll give you, all right? Apparently, now apparently, if you meet The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, yeah, he is the best schmoozer of all time wow like when you meet him no matter who you are you feel like that two minutes his attention is fully yours and he's interested and engaged now that is an aspect of your personality that i would say goes to it well thank you very much your ability to win a royal rumble i (laughs) I don't think has credibility I would take Mick Foley down, motherfucker. I'm telling you. You're going down, Foley. Oh, you've just watched Beyond the Mat, haven't you? I'm, I'm in the middle of watching it. I'm, I'm doing about 15 minutes a day. I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. Are you up it. to the I Quit match yet? No. I've, the chair shots? No, I'm just... I'm when, you, to, when you get uh, to that... Jake the Snake and uh, McMahon. Vince McMahon. Right, when, you, when you get to the match of all the chair shots... Right. That was the first wrestling match I watched that got me back into it. And I thought all matches were like that. I didn't realize it was the most brutal match of all time. <laughs> That's, oh, right. I thought okay. that was a standard, but that got me into it, yeah. Oh, okay. So, John DeLorean. John DeLorean. Um, so, basically, he um, he gets he gets prosecuted. Uh, his wife testified that he falsified documents. Uh, so, basically, they said, look, you've nicked $17.6 million. And... Yeah, he gets he gets trashed basically, he, and it, he got found guilty for that, right? And he he did a little bit of time. Did he do a little bit of time? Rich guy time, I think. But, oh, yeah. okay. Oh, rich white guy time. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, okay. And he then becomes a, a born again Christian. There's there's a question to ask uh, Barry Wills, uh, and that's that's one I have so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny. I didn't the documentary. Um, it, it didn't really grab me, but 
when I found out off the show's Carol Vorderman that I could meet Barry Wills because he knows him, and when I spoke to Barry Wills on the phone, I, I'm just and I'm bear in mind I'm driving half of the United Kingdom to Are get to I'm to get to Barry's house to interview him face to face because I just want to meet him. It's just I'll tell you what right? he made me laugh yeah. so much on the phone. Okay, I think it'll be alright. But if he pulls out a suitcase, do not pick up what's in the suitcase. <laughs> oh, that's some good advice there, Wharton. That is very good. Unless it's more than three hundred eighty-five thousand, in which case I'm in. Oh, that—that's not a lot of money these days, is so it? So there's a nice little wrap-up because the daughter seems to have. Yeah. I mean, you see the son's house, and there's a beagle crossing there that would not settle with a new guest. They don't stay in shot for too long. Um... <laughs> And they see the daughter seems to have a good relationship with him, took him to car shows to see that he's still like loved or respected for what he did achieve. Yeah, and he, he tours the DeLorean car show circuit. And there's, yeah, it's... um, it's He it, was designed the DMC2 yeah. when he passed away. And from a car point of view, he was a he was a really good car guy, right? He could design a car. And like I said, he created, you know, no John DeLorean, no Fast and the Furious. That's how you've got to look at it. So, you know, it's probably the most evil thing he ever did then, really. I mean, if I was you, if I was to use a reference, I would say Back to the Future would have been a fridge, not Vin Diesel was scared of a car. <laughs> but, you know, you stick with that one, Matt. <laughs> well, Vin Diesel's, if The Rock's busy, Vin Diesel's the other guy who could play me in the movie. The Rock joined the Fast and the Furious franchise at number five. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I should... Should I stick with The Rock or should I go for the Vin Diesel then? What are you saying? I'm I'm now split over the two. I didn't think of Vin Diesel. What, for which but, one you are? Yeah. But oh, because my Matt. missus really fancies Vin Diesel. All right. I'm going to stick with The Rock. I think he's just got more longevity. And here's, the, here's how bitter the son is. He says, I'll tell you how you should end this movie. God pulled the plug on this guy. He died fucking 80 years old. He, my nan spoke like that. Every other fourth word. Next year, I'll be in my fucking box. A lot of upheaval in my life, and I'm trying to learn how to talk nicely. That's I'm, I'm trying to nerf swearing is what I'm trying to do. Just wean myself off it. My nan would always say, I'm 80 fucking four. It turns out when she died, she wasn't. We'd got her birth date wrong and the year she was born. She was way yeah. out. She was about 74. She was about wow. 10 years out. Yeah. So for 20 years in my lifetime while she was alive, her birthday so, was always on the wrong date. So she knew what it was like to be short in school as well. Though, she <laughs> yes. had a reason. That, uh, amazing <laughs> if it turned out you were nine. Imagine that. <laughs> um, so this documentary, let's wrap this up, right? Because it's it's interesting, but it's not that interesting. And what, what did he say? He said, listen, if his dad's life had everything. It had... Beautiful women, fast cars, lots of money. It had the FBI. It had cocaine. It would make a great movie. So I guess what we've got to do, rather than watch the documentary, just go watch the movie. You'll do yourself a favour. The documentary is incredibly niche. And this is from 50% of the people who run the Discussing Documentaries podcast, which is incredibly niche. But this is niche beyond niche for me. This is petrol heads. This is, you know, car enthusiasts. This is, you yeah. You have to have an interest you've, in you've that. You've got to, yeah. But uh, if you do, it would be good. Well, 
It's got Barry Wills in it and it's got Alec Baldwin and Monica Backer in. And that's free reasons to watch the documentary. I, I can't give you a fourth. I think Barry's going to be great. I'm looking forward to hearing that interview. Yeah, okay then. Uh, well, stick around to the end of the show. Um, no, the- we're going to release it as a separate bonus episode. So we have this have this hour and you put the bonus with thingy. It's the like your phone's give up on you. It's the Carol Vorderman guy. Oh, give me, give me. Mate, I'll call you back. We're just doing that DeLorean episode thing. And um, we're slagging you right down because you're a bit of a douche. Right, I'll speak to you in a bit. <laughs> I'll see you in a minute, man. Cheers. Bye. Um, right, so there's a great thing at the end. Did you watch... I'm going to ask this every... This... <laughs> Did you watch the end of the credits, Rick? Did John DeLorean pay taxes? Did I fuck? <laughs> <laughs> there's a little Easter egg uh, right at the end of the credits. And it's Alex Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, sorry, in makeup. And he's talking to one of the producers. And he says, I mean, if we can't get the money to distribute this movie, we could sell cocaine and try and get the movie distributed that way. What do you reckon? And everyone around him laughs. That is why he's on Comedians in Cars getting coffee twice. Alec Baldwin's hilarious. He's Brilliant. a hilarious guy. Yeah. So, I mean, um, no doubt by the time this came out, there's been some horrific thing in his past that's come out. But No, not him. He's from the same home. He's from the same place as Jerry Seinfeld. Those they don't do bad things. What's the deal with consent? <laughs> <laughs> so let's give us your score then, Rick, because you did mention it could have a five. Now, if you score this one high, I'm going to bully you down. If a DeLorean had smashed through the wall, yeah, and saved them from the past. No, that's that's again a 3.5. It's a niche one. If you're into it, I'll check it out. If you're not, just, you know, we're going to chop up these Back to the Futures jokes I've got and use it as advertising for other episodes. (laughs) I I was only going to give it a three, but because it had Barry Wills in it, I'm going to give it an extra half. So and because it happened in my lifetime, I remember growing up with this, and I remember the story. So for me, that nostalgic thing's quite good. So three and a half from me as well. So that is a a reasonably healthy seven. That's not bad. Uh, and like I said, Alec Baldwin makes it. You really need him. It's decent act outs, but oh yeah, the act outs are hardly pivotal scenes. You see, it's him putting on a fucking tie. Do you know what I mean? I wonder how much he got paid for that. But well, you couldn't. Uh, the movie didn't do great, right? One hundred and forty-six grand. Yeah, that's probably why. They, they, could have, anyway, so, they could have stole more with me. Um, so yeah, thank there, you very much. Score. Thank you very much for joining us today. If you haven't heard any of our other episodes, there are loads out there. I think this is episode number 29, I think. So, um, yeah, check out one of our other episodes. And there's at least another 52 coming up because we're going we're gonna to do another year. I think that's what we're going to do. So um, I will say goodbye. It's goodbye from me, Rick. Uh, thanks for listening. Ta-da. I thought it was a good episode. I thought the episode was better than the documentary.